1: And upon looking in the trash, it was receipts for hotels, receipts for dinners, receipts for couples massages, and it was all blatant, obvious evidence right in front of my face.
2: Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. The best way to support the show is to subscribe and share. If you haven't left a review or ratings on iTunes, please do. It helps more people find our show. And if you want to be on it, please shoot me a note at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Now enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Breanne Davis-Gantt, and I will be pulling back the curtains on all walks of human secrets. You know, those things people hide from themselves and others. You know, the how, what, when, where, why of it all. I mean, why humans do the things they do. So, my guest today is Gabrielle, and my question for you is... Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret?
1: (laughs) So my secret that I definitely have not only kept from other people, but for a long time from myself, was that deep, deep, deep down, I knew that my marriage was not going to be a forever thing when I got married.
2: Are you serious? I'm
1: serious. It it took a long time for me to come to terms with that and even admit that to myself but yeah it was definitely a fact
2: okay so let's go back like when did you meet your husband like when did this secret was created like I can take us back this is so fascinating to me so I think when we
1: started dating um I saw a lot of red flags that I chose to ignore at first against my better judgment. Um, and those red flags were, you know, I'm obviously in the TV and film industry and whenever I would go and do a film, he would get insanely jealous. And that was, if there was a kissing scene, it was 10 times as bad. Um, there was a set that I was working on where it was probably the best experience and worst experience of my life. Um, best being it was the most money I had ever made. I was starring in this film and it was really powerful for me as an actor. Um, but I would be on the phone crying with him every night because he was making my life a living hell, because I had to kiss the my on-screen boyfriend in it. <laughs>
2: That's so, is so, Is he in the, was he in the business or is he in the business? No, no. And at first I was like, I never want to date an actor. I need some
1: balance in my life. Um, but he met me as an actress. He knew kind of what he was getting himself into. And look, I, I don't think that it's an easy thing to watch your significant other go away and, you know, have to kiss people make believe they're in love yeah it's not an easy thing but it's like he he met me as that he, he knew what he was signing up for so it was a lot of red flags like that that I was like oh well we'll we'll go to therapy or we can fix that and you know kind of turning a, a blind cheek to it when I, I really needed to kind of open my eyes and look at what was in front of me
2: well the actor thing I want to go back to because we're, we're both actresses and we've been on set a lot and it, it boggles my mind that people not in the business think that, you know, love scenes or kissing scenes are sexy. I have never been turned on by a love scene. Have you? I mean, they no. are the most technical. <laughs> they are 20 people are watching you. And yeah. I did have a boyfriend one time that wasn't in the business and he would get jealous too. And I'm like, dude, you do not understand. It is not hot.
0: So yeah, was it no. like
2: you trying to convince him of that? It was me explaining that to him, but it went so much deeper than that.
1: It, I'm First of all, I'm in agreement with you. It's the worst scene to have to film. They're like, hey, I know you're naked and like trying to pretend to be into this, but can you move your butt a little to the right so you're getting more light? It's just so and they always
2: put them on the same day or like the first day of shooting yeah before
1: you like even know or are comfortable with the person it's ridiculous you're like hi
2: nice to meet you okay let's get in bed together it literally is like that yeah
1: go on (laughs) so it started with with stuff that was just around the career but it wasn't even kissing scenes it was if i had to go off and be on set and he was in a different state it was like well where are you going well what are you doing well what do you mean you're going to dinner with with the guys from the set and it was just like I'm trying to be social and be normal and this is how I am and I'm working with these people and it was it was really tough because it made what when my career was just starting to blossom it really put a damper on that and made me feel
2: bummed out about something I should have been celebrating at the time Yeah. That's such a bummer. I, I, I can see looking back that you're like, why didn't I see those signs? Because, but if you realize like sometimes when people's careers are like skyrocketing, something personal is just like not good. It's always like that weird balance. Yeah, totally. Um, and that, that was what was so
1: shitty about it is because I did see the signs and Mm -hmm. I, I chose to just not really listen to how important they were going to be in the future.
2: Okay, so there's all these red flags that you painted, you know, bright yellow or whatever you did yes. like painted them. <laughs> You're like I don't see them they're a different color. Yeah. <laughs> so that happened what then led you, you know, getting engaged? So we got engaged rather quickly. He
1: proposed to me after 8 months and then we had a 2 year engagement because I wanted to make sure that, you know, everything was going to be okay. Um <laughs> and it it really was weird. We when we were good, we were good. And um I I loved him. I don't think until after our divorce is when i realized that oh i wasn't in love with him um i don't uh, think i had even known what that was until after my divorce but um it, it so we were engaged for 2 years and then we got married had a beautiful wedding um that was like every little girl's dream went on an insanely amazing honeymoon and then we were you know renting a 3 bedroom house when we came back and life was pretty good um and we were married for almost two years before shit hit the fan.
2: <laughs> okay. So let's get to the shit hit the fan. Cause that's what everyone wants to hear. Like what happened? Yes. So there was probably
1: a six month period where we were just not happy. We were in therapy. I was trying to figure out what the <laughs> fuck was going on. And, um, he was just different. He just always needed things. It was like, there was always, well, you're not, supporting me enough. We're not having enough sex. We're not doing the and so I was hearing all these things in therapy and I was like, okay, I can fix that. So even though I was being supportive and I was like attending all these events that he had, I would start going to more and going to even extra stuff that people would be like, okay, that's a little overkill. Um we were having sex like two to three times a week and that wasn't enough so I like
2: ramped that up and it was just oh you're exhausting me already just saying right <laughs> so I'm like I'm married and that seems like a lot <laughs> and you know it wasn't it wasn't like
1: he didn't want regular sex he wanted like 50 shades of gray twice a day and it was like dude first of all no like nobody, nobody does that. For that yeah and and secondly, like you don't turn me on enough to make me want to do that. So it's like, we we were in therapy and trying to figure out what was going on. And I was working my ass off to try and get us back on track. We had just had this incredible wedding with all of our friends and family. Like I felt this pressure to make things work and get back to, to being happy. Um, so we were in therapy and we started fighting more and more and more. And, um, he had a, a work trip scheduled that was like a two week, um, a two week trip. And right before that, we got into a really big fight because I had found something on his phone. Um, what'd you find? I found, uh, it was like a kind of shady Snapchat situation, um, that he had then convinced me was nothing. And then when, we were getting ready um, for bed the night before he was leaving on his trip. I had opened his drawer to put socks away because I was doing laundry and his phone was in there. And I picked up his phone and I was like, why is your phone in the sock drawer? And the same girl's name popped up on like as a text message with a heart in the contact name. And he snatched the phone away from me, ran into the bathroom um, locked himself in there for a good 40 seconds and came back out and was like, here, my phone's not even working. You can take it. So I, oh yeah. So I found out later that that was actually his second phone that I found. And he went into the bathroom, swapped it and brought me out his original phone shyster yeah so this is how this was like the the tip of the titanic um that happened he left and went on his trip during that trip i actually didn't even start digging right away even though i was probably warranted to i was actually in our office and he had left his email open on his big imac and I was in there getting something out of our filing cabinet and I heard a ding and it was on his email. I still till this day had no idea what his email password was. Um, And I went over and looked at it and it showed me that he had taken an Uber from the city he was in to somewhere that was like two hours away. And that was all I needed to then be like, okay, I'm going to look through this email. Um, And upon looking in the trash, It was receipts for hotels, receipts for dinners, receipts for couples massages. And it was all blatant, obvious evidence
2: right in front of my face. Like you couldn't ignore it. It was right there. Yeah. And
1: like places that were a mile and a half from our house, like the Four Seasons Westlake, where we had always gone together, there was like a room charge, a massage. Um, And so I didn't know who he was with there because all of this was booked under a different name. So I called, this is where my detective still came in. I I called, I called the Four Seasons and was like, hi, um, my husband and I were uh, there a couple weeks ago and we usually stay under a different name because he's in the industry and I'm trying to do my taxes. And I wondered if you could tell me the names that were on our reservation, which is like totally not even that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make Um, sense. If I was, I worked there, I'd be like, excuse, huh? Right. And so she, she's like, sure. Hang on one second. And she pulls up the names and she gave me the fake name that he had and her name. And so then I had her name, found her on social media, found out she was 19 (gasps) and it all started to just fucking unravel from there.
2: wow. And it just crashed and burned. Did you just like pack up everything and leave? Or did you stay for a little bit? I mean, what do you do at that point? So he was out of the house
1: on his trip for another week. Um, and I didn't want him to catch wind of the fact that I knew because I wanted to file for divorce before he could get the chance to. Um, and so I didn't say anything after that fight had happened. I had, kind of said, like, I don't want to talk for a little while while you're gone. So we were very barely texting. Um, but I did all my due diligence. I found her found, um, my friend and I actually made a fake Snapchat to follow her on. And we found out that she was on the trip with him and we like watched a bunch of their like dinners and gallivanting around and uh so i knew that i was getting a divorce um i hired an attorney and was basically moved most of my stuff out and waited until he he got home
2: oh my god i wish i was like a fly on the wall for that moment <laughs> but here's my couple of things i want to tie in these uh, deadly seven sins before you yes. tell us like this moment why you kept the secret and how my question for you is like how did you not rip his head off right when you found? Did you just like this calmness go over you? Were you already at a place where you knew it was going to be done? Or like, so that question with the sins, like pride, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, anger, and sloth, like where would you put those in? And especially what happened when he walked through the door?
1: Probably pride Um, because at by that time, like, look, I didn't go into my marriage thinking, you know, not loving this person or not wanting to be with him. Um, like I said, the deep, deep, deep down thing that I knew it probably wasn't going to last forever. It's not like I went in on my wedding day thinking that, but I did finally dig that up and like realize that. And that was a secret that I kept for a long time. Um, and I think it, by the time that we had gotten to the, the counseling and the six months where I was really unhappy before I found out about the affair, that was pride. It was like, well, I can't just get a divorce after my mom spent all this money giving me my dream wedding and all of our friends and family were there and we made this big commitment and I took vows and like, what do you mean? I can't just like get up and walk away. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was pride and, you know, commitment that was like something that I, I needed to work for I needed to do. But the second I found out about the affair, that was all completely obliterated out the window. And I was like, no, there's no question I'm leaving. And to be honest, it was when I found out about everything I had one day, I remember it so clearly. I was in my, our living room and I called my three girlfriends one at a time. Well, my mom first, my three girlfriends one at a time, and one of my guy friends, and just screamed and cried, and it was like it was like a rage cry. It wasn't even like heartbreak; it was betrayal. Yeah, um, because I don't think I I wasn't in love with him, um, especially at this point um, of the story. But the betrayal of the friendship and the betrayal to my body. Um, knowing that he was like going out and sleeping with this person and coming home and sleeping with me was so disgusting and deep for me that there was that day where I just was screaming and crying and yelling and explaining to people and I could only tell us a, a very small group of people because I didn't want him to catch wind of anything.
2: Yeah, yeah, but it seems like you still got your emotions out like with people you trusted. Oh, totally. Yeah. Because I just um, and, thought you held it all in. I'm like, how? How? Oh no 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 no! How, though, no, how no. did you do that?
1: <laughs> no, and my mom, my mom was like my rock and helped me um, find what divorce attorney I was going to hire and like get everything figured out so that when he came home, I had a process server standing in our front yard like waiting for him to get home to serve him the divorce papers.
2: That's kind of badass. I have to say, <laughs> like. I already knew talking to you, you had your like shit together (laughs) and you're like, you check it off. But I've never heard that someone's had the person there waiting to serve. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing.
1: I mean, honestly, I, it was so nerve wracking. I needed to make sure that he got the papers and I could say my piece and was done. Um, and you know what, even when he came home that day, um, I, I walked outside and I looked at him after the guy gave him the papers. And I was like, look, I know everything, but if you want to come in, you can. And he was like, of course I want to. And we walked inside. And I remember turning around and saying, just so you know, there are four people that know where I am right now and they know what time I'm supposed to leave. And he was like, I'm not a psychopath. And in my head, I'm like, okay, dude. Um, and sure, we, sure. <laughs> yeah. So we go inside and we sat down and I, even in that conversation, I didn't go off on him. I didn't start telling him about all the stuff that I had found and like how much I knew. Um, I just basically looked at him and was like, dude, I, I'm really sorry. You chose to make it this way. If you would have just come to me and said, we're not happy, let's get a divorce. I would have wanted nothing from you, but obviously now like that's not how it's going to go down.
2: Um, and what did he say? What was his like response? It it was really interesting. He's such a,
1: In my opinion, he's such a sociopath that like, he was sitting there looking at me being like, I love you and I want the best for you. And I'm sorry, we just couldn't make it work. We were too young. He didn't even reference that he was having like a full on relationship with someone um, that had gone on six months. That's like how long it had been happening. Um, And I mean a relationship, like he met her parents, like they went on trips together, like a relationship.
2: Yeah. Full blown, full blown. Yeah.
1: Um, and eventually he, you know, we were talking, he, he was like, well, do you just want to tell me what you want to take from the house? And I was like, dude, this isn't the end of like a play date. This is the end of a marriage. (laughs) Um, and he, he looked at me and was like, can you please just promise me you won't come after my new job? He had just gotten this really high level job. And I looked at him and I was like, then say it. He was like, what? "What?" He was like, then say it. And like three times back and forth, we went through this. And I was like, say it. And he was like, what? That I've been in another relationship? And that's all he said about it. And I looked at him and I was like, okay. And I walked over, I grabbed my keys and I was like, bye. And walked out the door and the biggest fucking weight was lifted off my shoulders. I felt like I just had dodged an army of snipers.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because that's like a lifetime of... Oh Betrayal that could have happened, and like. Well,
1: and I feel like I would have been stuck in that situation for so long, going to therapy, working my ass off, trying to make it work, when it would have ended in five years anyways, and that would have wasted more of my life. It's like he made it so easy for me to just be like, okay, bye, I'm done. Is that the last time you've seen him? No, I've run into him randomly, and actually, him and her together.
2: Um, They're still together. Has-
1: I don't know if they're still together now. Um, they were for at least two years. They might still be. I have no idea. Um, but I've run into him a couple times and both of them together. Um, and it's, it's been interesting. (laughs) Oh
2: Oh God. I can't imagine how uncomfortable that is for everybody involved. Yeah. (laughs) Well, especially you. So, I mean, keeping this secret this deep 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 secret of knowing this who did it benefit and who did it hurt do you feel
1: um i think it hurt me the most ultimately and it's interesting because when you keep a secret like that you're so worried about outside perspective like what will my mom think of me what will you know my friends think of me what will every person that was at our wedding think of me but the only person that it ended up hurting was me i was the one that got cheated on i was the one that had to go through a freaking brutal divorce. Um, and it's so it it really doesn't benefit anyone. You think at the time that you're benefiting the person you're with or yourself and you're you're you know making it work and you're gonna put put in time and effort. But in the end, like that's not it's not real. It's, it's so it's not helping anybody and you're it's it's a falsehood that you're you're operating under.
2: Yeah, you were saying something that that really hit me. that this false like you you were trying to keep this fantasy. And also he was hurting you by making you jump through all these hoops, like you're not giving me enough of this. You're not sleeping yeah. with me enough. And the whole time he was like putting up these unrealistic expectations and doing something on the side. So it's Yeah. Like, and it's when you look back on it, it's like, why did you even go
1: to all the trouble of like spending money on therapy and dealing with, you know, all of our arguments? Like, why not just leave? It's so weird. Like, I, I remember at that last conversation we had, I looked at him and I was like, you must be exhausted, dude. Yeah. Like- two phones, two lives. Like you must be exhausted. It's crazy that people choose to do that instead of just, just manning up and leaving.
2: Well, here's for me. I mean, you know, with my issue and stuff, I have cheated. I've been the cheater. So when I hear other, the other side of it, I can always say to people that have been cheated on, it has nothing to do with you. Like right. you could be the most perfect partner and it's me. There was a hole inside of me that I was trying to use other people to fill It no matter what was on the outside. And I used to say like, you could put a bag over the person's head. It really didn't matter about them. It was about me, Yeah, this brokenness in me. So as your friend, I can tell you nothing is wrong with you it's wrong with him, that he is broken and he's looking for outside people to fix it. So
1: that's such a, that's such a great perspective for anyone to hear. Definitely for me to hear, but for anyone to hear. And I, I've seen that come to reality watching how he transformed the year after we were together and changed into a totally different person and no one that I would want anything to do with. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, that's very accurate.
2: Yeah. So if that helps anybody, if you've been cheated on, that's my experience seeing it on the other side and doing it. And also knowing a lot of people that do it in my tribe. So it's nothing to do with you. You could be the most perfect person. So here's my question for you. How do you move forward in the future? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) There's Um, a million dollar question for you. So
1: my situation was really interesting. I drove away from my house um, feeling like free and was like, you know what? I'm never single. I'm going to be single for at least a year. I'm not going to fucking date. I'm just going to be with myself. Um, Best laid plans, Gabrielle. (laughs) Uh, So a few weeks later, I met a man and we fell madly in love with each other. And he convinced me to go on a month long trip to Italy with him. And I said, yes.
2: Okay. This is like a big plot twist. Uh, right. I, wasn't, <laughs> I, w- I don't think any listener was expecting that was going to come out of your mouth.
1: Yeah. M- nor did I expect it in my life. Um, so we were together for about two months um, in this like complete whirlwind of like, meet my family, have my babies, like this is my person and convinced me to go to Europe with him. 48 hours before we were getting on a plane, he told me he needed to go by himself and broke up with me.
2: Wait, were those non-refundable tickets too? I didn't even
1: look um, (laughs) because because I knew the second he said he had to go by himself, I knew that the universe was giving me a clear way to go face some of my biggest shit head on. Um, I've never been okay being by myself. Um, I've never felt safe by myself since my dad died when I was a little girl. I've had serious abandonment issues. And this was such a clear way of like, okay, you've gone through the divorce. Now you've actually had your heart broken because you were in love with this man. And now you're going to get to go fix yourself.
2: I love that. Like I just got chills, just <laughs> chills, because that is what is important. Go on. I don't want to interrupt because I. <laughs> so I chose to go um, with no plans. Uh, I took a backpack and I did
1: six countries over the span of the whole month. And I wrote a book about it called Eat, Pray, FML, and it's now been out for just over a year and has been helping women heal and take their power back and
2: find their badassness
1: all over the world. It's been really life-changing
2: so where can people find the book if because obviously there's much more juicy details and things in this book where would they find it uh, it's exclusively on Amazon so
1: you can just go to Amazon and type in eat pray Fml or my name Gabrielle stone and it comes up and it's available in paperback ebook and audiobook
2: uh, thank you. <laughs> you I I you're such a warrior and when we met I just knew like oh this is someone that's like gone through like my therapist always told me you have to like dig through this shit to get to your gold. Sometimes the worst thing happens to bring out the true authentic best you. And when we met, I was like, she's a badass and I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Please go buy her book. Um, you will not be disappointed as you could tell from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like
1: everybody got a really good juicy explanation of the first couple divorce chapters. <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, so there's so much more to come. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Secret Life Podcast. If you have a secret past or present that you want to share, please message me below or email me at podcast at iCloud.com. Thank you. Until next time. Bye. Thank you again for listening to Secret Life Podcast. Please subscribe, share, send me a note. And you can always support the show with a donation on our site, secretlifepodcast.com. Until next time, bye.